long play listening party listening to my album frog on the king's head as ms ride and uh side two if you haven't listened to the last week's episode of side one uh you can check that out but we are starting side two right now with split time it's a weird one I kind of like I tried to channel Marty a little bit on the vocal here just for some inspiration I can see that this is this is along those lines like I, I could definitely hear Kisachi cooking up something like this for Marty This is the uh, Medusa again, as far as the main like synth part. And the drums are the drum fills from the Reverb.com uh, Fleetwood Mac uh, sample set, which is free. You could just go. I'll link to it. You can go download that. Yeah, please, because I don't know if you know this, but that's my favorite band from the 70s. Oh, dude, do you, do you download the Reverb? Uh, when they do the um, What's That Sound series? Uh, not very often, but I've heard of it. I just never oh, man. really got into it. I love them. It's, it's really nice, really nice acoustic drum samples. Yeah, I got a, I think I got like 10,000 10, 10, drum sounds from that site. They have a huge package of uh, vintage drum machines that I use a ton as well. That's yeah. also free. I, I have actually been lucky enough to dig into I'm using Logic Pro when I make beats. Mm-hmm. So I've actually been really, really lucky that I've been digging into their uh, drum banks. But I need to get more drums. Like I don't want to continue to use theirs. I want to be able to load into my own my own sounds into the Axiom instead of just theirs. So that's kind of where I'm at now with that. But I uh, could. Uh, do you do you want all my drum samples? Because I'll send them to you if you want. They're all like no license. You know, they're all free to use. I will take anything that will help both of us move forward in these endeavors. Like I, I don't turn down free anything when it comes to music or advice or anything. If you have something that can make me a better artist and you're willing to share it with me, I will gain all of the knowledge that I can out of it and pass it to someone else as well. Yeah, I will share it. So this uh, podcast episode is going to drop on August 9th. I will share. So in the link, in the show notes and in the YouTube description, and I will send it directly to you, Ebony. I will... um, do a link to all my drums uh, free to download it'll be good for seven days I'll do a Wii transfer Okay. so if anyone is hearing this past about August 16th 2023 the link is probably expired but um, if you're up to date I'll be happy to share my drums with you uh, on this song 
you ever heard of the Olivia Trimmer control? Mm-hmm. That's what it, that's what this kind of reminds me of. Uh, their second album, Black Foliage, is a lot of like ambient, ethereal music like this that doesn't necessarily not have a rhythm base, but does have a rhythm base. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it kind of undulates between: Are we going into a song, or are we going to stay at this level of ethereal noise? And that's what this one reminded me of, because like that was kind of the first band that really threw my eyeballs all the way open when I moved to Lawrence. Was that band? Are they from Lawrence? No, they're from uh, Athens, Georgia. Okay, but the, did they of- come through? No, uh, a kid that I worked with at Papakino's actually, a kid named Justin McDaniel, put me on to them. And we had just been talking about our mutual love of the simplicity of the Beatles and how they didn't really do a lot of things that were like earth shattering, but the way they did things made music a lot more accessible to people. Like the bands that they birthed, a lot of those bands didn't really do like the hard, intricate things in music that some bands do. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't, they, they weren't like the godfathers of prog rock, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, but they did the simple things that made pop music more accessible to people and allowed a lot of people to start making pop music. And he was like, if the Beatles came out in 1994 instead of 1964, and they just manipulated tape. They, that would be the Olivia Trimmer control. Okay. And he put it to me in that way. And then I started to realize that those guys just punish tape, like just reel to reels and dat tapes. Like I saw videos of old school grainy videos of those guys just snatching tape through reel to reels. And that's how they were making certain sounds. And I was just like, this is gorgeous. And didn't realize that I was seeing something gorgeous at the time because it sounded just like a bunch of noise yeah and then a couple of listens into it and i was like oh no these guys are just smarter than everybody like you just leave them alone they are in a corner by themselves let them play that kind of that kind of feeling is what i got from their music and i got that feeling listening to that song it's like yeah he's on to something here i like this so yeah howie it's uh I like the variety of stuff that's that's on here, and I know I would imagine that's probably uh, maybe just using the 404 for everything. One hundred percent, and just and it's not about the 404, but just sampling in general, right? Like finding oh, okay. yeah, finding something you want to work with, and it's been so much my it's been so much fun to let my imagination run wild, and I didn't realize how wild it was until i started working in this way and it's so fun to just not feel like there's any rules right and you could do a weird one you could do a banger and you can sing or you can speak and um okay so we've come to Uh, and 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 then referring uh i guess sorry i want to throw this in here on the on the samples and the drum stuff um i also have oh man it's a crap ton of of stuff um loops and oh i guess some of these are are from like different sites but i do have a lot of royalty free samples and then um 
D- there, uh, David Jarrett, uh, he, he sent out a link to a lot of stuff that he like live sampled drums. And so if you don't have that, I'll, um, I'll try to get that stuff together and I'll, anything that I have that's, you know, able to be put up and just shared, I'll, um, I'll do the nice. same thing. I, I use Dropbox or, or Google Drive, so... Um, I, I use Google I'll Drive because Dropbox costs me too much money right now. Word. Yeah, I, I've got a bunch of stuff, uh, different uh, projects, collaborations, where I have to have Dropbox, so that's, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's it's, it's all right. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put them on Google Drive, and then whoever has a link, um, they, they'll probably be on there for... I mean, I... Once I start getting down to not a lot of storage, I might have to make some decisions. But sure, but it'll last for a while. It should be up there for a while. Nice. Yeah, so, okay. So we're at Buckaroo Bonanza, and you guys, I'm real self-conscious about this one. Do you want the story, like, at the beginning, or do you want to hear it, and then I'll tell the story, kind of? I'm down with whichever way you feel comfortable doing it. Well, I'm not going to feel comfortable either way. <laughs> But I, I have to explain this nonsense at some point. I might as well explain it now. I brought it up. So, yeah. uh, Corey and I co-wrote this accidentally over email. And uh, what happened was I, I told him I was working on this beat that reminded me of Beck. And I jokingly wrote four lines of like Beck rap, like as a as a joke, just in an email <laughs> to him. And he replied back with like eight more lines. And that's this song. So this is our loving tongue in cheek tribute to Beck. It's my favorite bass line. Oh, nice project. That's literally the only note I have. The bass line again. <laughs> These were some of these like Cold Fusion and this one. These were bass lines that were in dreams. And like it was the first thing in my head as I woke up. Man, I wish I could do that. I, I have those moments when it comes to certain samples. If I've been listening to music, then I'll keep a song in my head. And the whole time it's in my head, I'm just figuring out where I can break down parts of it to use. So I get where you're coming from. And then if it's right there fresh when I wake up, I hit the computer right after I use the bathroom and just knock it out real quick. And then I get on with my day. So I get it. But I would One thing. Had, Go ahead. Uh, I was, was going to say, I just I need more capacity to like do it with instruments instead of just like pulling the samples. Because that's what I'm doing now, is just pulling a lot of samples and chopping them up as much as I can. Uh, you might consider just getting, getting a AI, man. <laughs> AI. Get out of here with AI. No, you might consider getting a bass. There are really good basses available for really affordable price. I mean, I play a Fender Squire, a used Fender Squire that I got for like 200 bucks. I love it. I don't feel any kind of need for a nicer bass, nicer air quotes bass. Yeah, I mean, I just um, need something simple. I have all the, I have all the gear, but I have two extra guitars that I might trade in just for a bass because I, I'm not using them. Bass so. is so fun. I love. And the nice thing bass. nowadays too is you got, you know, it's, it's so that you can, uh, 
mean, all the types of effects or things you want to throw on it, you can just have it in your computer and just yeah. plug it. Yeah, I can just plug it in through my plug it in through my MIDI box and just, just use a preset to record like that. So, but yeah, this is definitely my favorite bass line on this whole project. I do. I'm really proud of the uh, yeah yeah sample because that was late. That was like I had everything else in place. I was just like ah, it needs something, and. Um, I am just now starting to work with vocal samples because I was always nervous about chopping voices. And I got a couple of videos on like my Instagram page that have turned out to be pretty solid when I listen back to them when it comes to vocal samples. But I'm still super nervous about using them because I have no clue what I'm doing for the most part. And Here's I'm the still- secret, man. Effects are your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm piecing put a it all bunch of effects on speak, it so but yeah I, I need to I, I'm working on using the filters now and like quantizing and not quantizing stuff so I'm really starting to dig into my programs right now so you think I'm spooky do you like think that. I'm spooky? Yeah. That's a Mulder, Fox Mulder line in uh, the pilot episode of X Files. I was going to oh, wonder man. if that's what it was. Ghost Mine would love that. Oh, yeah. I went on a big. I watched X Files for the first time like last year. Maybe What'd I finished early this year. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, because I love. Uh, Mulder and Scully, and to a lesser extent, the later. I liked the later seasons, all right, you know. But I mean, Mulder and Scully, and just the relationship, I'm in, you know. And yeah, the aliens and everything is fun, but like, I'm just in on them as characters. Yeah, they're they're two of the better written characters out of any of the shows that were on when I was in high school and as a young adult. But man, I wish also... I could call Eric right now, just throw him on, man. Get in the X Files. Send him, send him the song, Nate. I will, I will. I was going to. Like, uh, I spent a lot of time in high school doing sports, so I didn't have a lot of free time. So I missed out on a lot of TV shows. Like, the only TV show that I really watched at that point in time on a regular basis was if I wasn't at a football game on Friday nights, you know, watching football or getting ready for a soccer tournament. I would watch Star Trek The Next Generation. And that was a Friday night show, which was super weird because like, you know, now that I look back on it, I was a young, handsome kid. I had plenty of options. And I sit at home and watch Star Trek. So like... Counting down Man, I love Star Trek. I Did you catch, and we covered it on the pod, but my last synth album, it's all Star Trek titles it's episode titles like mashed up so i'd take a piece of one a piece of another no and i was just i was just on your band camp page earlier and i didn't even pay i didn't even put two and two together on that so i gotta go back and check it out yeah that's on the night mode page uh continuing worlds okay gotcha uh Howie, I know, I know, I'm pretty sure Nate has because between me and Approach, he had to have at some point in time heard them. 
But how have you ever heard of an anti-pop consortium? Mm-hmm. That's what this gives me. Like yeah, uh, like uh, anti-pop, yeah, specifically anti-pop versus Matthew Schiff. Okay. Like if you ever get the chance, listen to that album, and that's one of those ones where it kind of slipped through the cracks because. I was. I'm an anti-pop fan. I mean, like, I've paid fifty dollars for import CDs from that group. So, like, not released in America stuff. Yeah. And uh, this reminds me a lot of that. And then they have another EP called "The Ends Against the Middle." That this would not be out of place. On. And that's. I mean, for me, that's. It's gonna sound weird, but for me, that's like almost the highest praise I can give you on like this huge... level of like instrumentation and musicianship. That's a because huge those, compliment. Those dudes and were I... so far ahead of everybody at what they did that it's kind of hard to recreate that sound and come back and be happy with it. But that is dope. Like I really like that a lot. So thank you. I'm glad. Thank you on that one specifically, because I know that's a that's a weirder one on a technical like. So the the I had the lines. The that line just came to me. Scully helped me disbelieve hope is harder than it seems kind of flipping the roles of the characters around. So that was the rare case of like lines in search of a beat. But the technical idea behind the beat, I went back to the 404SX. And so the, they don't have the subsonic effect for the Mark II yet. Hopefully in a firm, firmware update, it will come. But So I, I put the kick sample on the SX with the subsonic effect to make the bass line. So the kick and the bass is like one sound. Okay. And, and recorded that into the mark two and then chopped it up but that's how that one came together See, and, and that's not that's not something like as a as a as a fledgling producer you know i've only really been at it seriously about three years even though i've kind of worked on it for like 10 or 15 but that's something that i have not one i don't have the equipment to like push certain things through certain modes to get it into the program that i want to use but also, I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how to run with filters and, like, what particular filters to use on certain sounds and samples and, like, pitching up and pitching down. Like, those are the things that I'm working on right now that listening to that. Good, it is and, good. But, like, listening to that is kind of, like, the direction I want to go when it comes to layering the sound. You know, I just want to make... You know, I kind of want to do get a little more into ambient music, you know. Uh, oh, God, what what would be like uh, the Nine Inch Nails stuff that Trenton Atticus did? The Ghosts, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ghosts yeah. 1 through 6 and stuff like that. I kind of want to do stuff like that and get more into that type of music. So I'm actually yeah. going back and I got a buddy that's, got all of Brian Eno's ambient work. So I'm going to get those from him and like cool. using stuff like that and going back and listening to that. So I can get kind of a baseline of trying to work on a project like that. Do it. I love it. Um, so, and what, like when I described the gear setup, 
to me, I, I mean, I still think of myself as a very fledgling artist in this space too, but like, it's not, I'm not coming at it like, Oh, I've got to have X and Y and Z to do something. All I'm doing, and this can work with any gear and any software. I'm looking at what I do have and just giving myself this little mission of like, Oh, plug this into this. Try what happens if you do this effect or like, it starts with like really small technical ideas based on exploring or pushing the limits of like one narrow aspect of the, of whatever I'm working on. Um, So like going back to that continuing worlds album all the time on there, I would just be like, okay, I'm going to do a song um, using the random LFO. I don't know. That's just going to be my starting point. Whatever I do, I'm going to get that random LFO going. And then I'm just going to noodle around until something catches my ear okay. and and get a song out of that. Right. So, and, it, and I do that. I mean, I do that with chords on the guitar. I'll be like, okay, uh, C sharp minor seven, that's going to be in the song. Play that. And then where does it go from there? And I get so much mileage out of just tiny little, like, technical ideas like that and sometimes you even lose the original thing and that's totally fine like it's just i am i don't like the blank sheet of paper i need a little something a little limitation a little gear thing i need something to to get started and then yeah, the and, imagination and, and can I, take I, over. I, i'm trying to incorporate that approach more I, i'm a i'm a lot like that too i i i let my mind kind of put a room together so I can compartmentalize what I'm doing. And then I just throw stuff in there and I see what sticks to the walls. And maybe there's a poster on the wall. And maybe there's a picture, you know, like I never really think about putting something together in a certain way because I'm not very specific about that. I like, I like, I write the rhymes for that. Mm-hmm. Like the rhymes are very yeah. specific. I just kind of need, I need the beat to be the boat on the water. And I need the rhymes to pilot the boat. You know what I mean? Man, what is, uh, yeah, say more about great. what does that feel like, the boat on the water? Uh, just something that sonically isn't going to create so, so many waves that you can't really have a safe ride on the boat you know what i mean like i don't want to i don't want to put something out there that's going to be choppy already that somebody's going to listen to and be like i didn't like this you know not necessarily that they're going to love everything that i put out but i don't want to put out something that's like eh, eh, to everybody and like everybody's the water and then if i give you the music then i'm putting the boat on the water and if the water's not choppy, then I can sail the boat across the water. And that's, it, it's a weird, it's a weird analogy, metaphor, however you want to put it. But it's the way that I kind of look at music as, yeah, I can do this, but I'm doing this for you. And I need to put a, a little, of, uh... I'm listening to this, you know, a hundred times a day, trying to make one three-minute piece of music that 
you will actually want to enjoy for the three minutes of time that you listen to. But well, also, kinda... just like the water, it's out of my hands once I'm in the boat. You know, could be a storm. Might not be anything. You know, I might want to use the wind sails, but there's no wind. You know, I might just be out there in the water. So I, I kind of I kind of look at it like that. You know, somewhere between sailing a boat and playing baseball is my music style. Oh, cool. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I was going to uh, put a little spin on that boat analogy, which is you're you know wanting to give people something to you know like like an anchor. Yeah. Like. You know, you might get crazy, it might get choppy, but there's always something, some sort of North Star, something that is there for you to hang on to, you know, um, or get back to kind of, you know, so so, so you, you know, uh, yeah, like a center, an anchor. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) If you will. Yeah, if they if they know exactly if they know where you're coming from and how you're doing it, they're generally a lot more receptive to it. So I try. I try. And like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to use the approach of you know having something to go off of, or, or you know, to to be anchored to when I'm writing. But a lot of times, man, I'll maybe I'll come up with a beat or I'll come up with something. Um, you know, and just record, and then I'll just take. Sometimes I take out like everything except like a bar, two bars, and I'll use that as an element. You know, through you know, you know, a handful of times throughout the song. But you know, it'll be five minutes of maybe cool stuff, and I just you know, depending on what else happens, you just you know, chip chip away at it until it, it fits where it sounds like it should be yeah that's that's a lot of the that's a a lot of the stuff that i'm coming up with beat wise is literally trial and error like uh, a lot of the songs i'll try and because i'm not very good at like playing my own bass lines on the synth right now i try and take as much from the song that i can sample as possible so lately i've been doing like five or six tracks of just parts of the song I can sample. Some parts just have notes and like some parts don't have bass lines in them so I can use those as like the accompaniment or like you know the eight bars markers Right. and then other parts of them are the bass lines that I use to kind of ride through the whole track and then I just add some drums after that which I've been doing just on video screen without the axiom a lot of times because I always end up having to move those notes because for some reason my axiom only goes at like a, maybe a tenth of a second slower than the actual like bpms that i'm trying to make the beat for so i always have to move the drums mm. so it never really sounds like excellent but once i get the drums in the right place it all sounds good but a lot of the stuff i've been doing lately has been three or four samples from the same song that I've just made into a different beat with yeah, I mean, a different it sounds like a latency song. thing. Just, just I, a little... Go ahead. I think it is because I'm not... 
I'm not. I'm putting my Axiom right into my computer and not through uh, my MIDI box. So I think if I got it to work through my MIDI box, I probably wouldn't have that problem. But I'm just experimenting with this right now because I want to move this from my kitchen nook into an actual room and make a proper studio. I just don't have the money to do it right now. So I'm trying to make sure that I don't use as much as as little space as possible is what I'm trying to use. Because I don't have a lot of space, weirdly enough. For a guy with a three bedroom, two bathroom house, I don't have a lot of space. So. It's crazy how quick it gets eaten up with this and that. Oh, hey, and you mess with like your buffer size and stuff? Yeah, I've tried, I've tried a lot of different stuff. I just haven't really gotten into it because I figure that what I'm doing right now is working. So in order to keep my learning curve going up so I can get to a point where once I start using my MIDI box a lot more and like plugging in through that, then I can just have a smoother transition. Because if I do it now, I know I'm going to get frustrated and just start and go back to what worked instead of like making sure that what's working for me now will work on something else. Yeah, a lot of people go down that that, that rabbit hole too of like, oh, you know, this should be, you know, uh, I want as little latency as possible and, and, and you know, just go on and, and try to find how to do that. And I'm sure that that's important in, you know, a lot of different applications. Yeah. But for me, it was never, as long as I'm close, like nudge here or there, um, you know, forward or backward, I mean, I do that regardless sometimes just because of the different feel. Like yeah. just a little bit of nudge, like maybe you want a little bit of, of uh, something behind the beat or ahead of the beat, you know, like I'll do, I'll do a lot of that. Like, you know, I'll play something that's, you know, quick, 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 but then I'll end up just kind of moving it, even if it's technically right on the beat right with the kick, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as I've got it close enough, like you said, there's no reason to, to, to put up a roadblock for yourself when you can... Yeah, and that's that's what I'm trying cruising, to avoid. You know? I'm trying to avoid that, like, musician's block that you get into where, like, you're trying to do something different and then you get into your head that since you couldn't do it immediately that you just can't do it, you know? Like I get, I get these moments of like, everything's working great. And then I'll try and make something the same way I've been making everything else and it doesn't work. And I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. And get super frustrated with myself. And then I just have to take a day or two and just walk away and like sit down and read a book and just kind of get my mind off of like the thing that I'm screwing up with, which as it turns out, doesn't, isn't really a screw up. It's just me not, knowing how to communicate with myself how I want to manifest outwardly what I want to do with this. Yes. Yep. It's new information, yep. right? Yeah. And frustrations yeah, are growth edges. Oh, man, I, that's that's if, the one thing where, like, when I get frustrated, I am the worst person to be around. No, I am too. I'm, I'm, not, too. Say, I'm not saying I handle it gracefully. Carrie uh, Ann will tell you, but... <laughs> I mean, Amber calls it tunnel vision. She's like, you know, yeah. like, if, if there's something I'm trying to figure out, you know, it's it's hard to get me off of that. 
Yeah. And I mean, for it's good that you guys actually have someone in your life on a regular basis that can notice those things about you. Like, I don't have anybody to do that for me down here. So when I get stuck in it, I literally, it takes days. Mm. And I'm just, I feel like I can't do anything right. And then all of a sudden it's like, dude, you've been doing this for over 20 years. Obviously, you know what you're doing. Like, calm down, walk away, go back to the drawing board, figure it out. Because you don't need it for this. This is easy. Like, this is not going, this is not life or death. This is you doing what you want to do. So don't get frustrated about it. Because everybody gets frustrated about it. So, like, once I realize that I'm one of a multitude of people that has that same mindset and frustration when it comes to it, I relax. And as soon as I let it go, everything works. So. What a perfect transition listeners, uh, because next week, uh, we'll be continuing on with Ebony and, uh, listening to left grizzle and HD. My first full length, the first full length, uh, super psyched for that. What you've just heard, of course, is Frog on the King's Head, uh, my new album as MS Ride, available at mrfuriousrecords.bandcamp.com. And as of now, all of the major streaming services. So you can go ahead and stream that. I hope you enjoy it. And we'll catch you next week with side one of Left Grizzle in HD. Until then, we've been the Long Play Listening Party. Later, everybody. Later. Thank you.